In a world where businesses face constant change, there's one partner ready to tackle any HR challenge with you, AIMHR Solutions. We're not just any HR firm. We're your personalized problem-solving team dedicated to customizing solutions just for you. From talent management to compliance, training to on-site services, our approach is tailored to meet your unique needs. With AIMHR Solutions, you're backed by a powerhouse of professionals ready for proactive planning and immediate challenge. Learn more at aimhrsolutions.com. Welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR. From AIM HR Solutions on True Story FM, I'm Pete Wright. Are you a working parent expecting a baby? Or are you an HR professional looking to support pregnant and nursing employees? Whoever you are, this is the episode for you. Today, we've got experts, Kyle Pardo and Tom Jones here to talk about the Pump Act and all of the various regulations and uh, legal issues and opportunities that stem from having new moms at work. Kyle Pardo, Tom Jones, it's good to see you both. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having us back. We are uh, talking about the Pump Act today. Tell me, what do I need to know about the Pump Act? Uh, how does it uh, how does it change things in Massachusetts? And and what do we have to look forward to? Tom, do you want to start? Sure. The Pump Act is recently signed by President Biden. So it's actually a national law, not just a state level. Mm-hmm. So it's going to affect the whole country. It was signed right before New Year's, that week between Christmas and New Year's by the president and a whole bunch of legislation. But this is one of the key laws that got signed. It's going to require employers to make an accommodation for employees who are nursing in the workplace who need time off during the workday to some time out of the work schedule in order to be able to express milk. There's a whole bunch of rules associated with that. Some of it is a continuation of what was passed in 2010 as part of the Affordable Care Act. But this is a broadening of that law. So now it's going to cover just about every working woman who possibly could because it now covers exempt employees, not just non-exempt employees. Okay. So practically, what does this mean for working mothers? Kyle, do you want to talk about it from an HR perspective? What do we need to be considerate of at work? Sure. So this is a couple of things to think about. One is to make sure you have a a space in your company that a woman could go to use to pump during the workday. So that might be an office that you know doesn't have any windows uh, facing out to the company. It could be a you know a small conference room that could be reserved. Uh, some space aside from a bathroom, so it cannot be be a restroom uh, that a woman could go to use to pump. Um, the door, they're off the location. We need to have a lock on the door and, and really, you know, be viewed as a, a separate, separate space. Um, the second thing is uh, giving women break time, so giving them time during the day to go do this. And there's, and mm-hmm. the word is used as reasonable. So there's not a, a set amount of time on that, but people should be considering that, you know, break time in Massachusetts. If it's less than twenty minutes, it's a paid break. So the same would apply here. Um, you know the the female employee should be relieved from uh, work responsibilities during that that break period. Um, and then the other thing to think about is that this law applies, as Tom said, to all employers. But if a company has less than 50 uh, employees, there may be some undue hardships that they could uh, 
could come up against. And if that was the case, you should really think about, you know, is, is it a, a place where there really is no opportunity to have a, a separate office or separate location or something like that that would really create an undue hardship for that small company? Uh, but just a quick question about the breaks. Um, you mentioned both regular breaks that fall into sort of paid 20 minutes time to, to take a break. Is the is the lactation break a separate break time in addition to regular breaks? Or is, is are there can employers just count a lactation break as the break? Well, picking up where Kyle just made the point, it's hard to know how many times a day a woman may need to express milk. And a new mother may need more time than a mother who's been, you know, longer from the birth. So it's hard to know for sure the demand on people's time. But each break, the company can say we have a morning break, afternoon break, like a coffee break. But the reality is for expressing milk, there may be more demands for the woman to have a break. So as long as they're 20 minutes or less, those are paid breaks for non-exempt employees. For exempt employees, they're going to be paid breaks anyway. And the other thing to keep in mind is for a non-exempt employee, Let's say it's somebody who covers the front, who covers the phones. She can do so from inside an office and she does so while she's expressing milk. That's, that's work time. That's not a break time. So she can't be charged for break time for that. And if a break goes over 20 minutes, she can't be not paid, but she's working that mm. whole time. Okay. So if working, you're working, you're working while expressing milk. Is that what you which just some said? Some people do, which some people have, there are cases, some people are doing that. If their office is private and they're able to close the door and continue to work while expressing milk, that's not counted as a break. Right. True multitasking, Pete. I just, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> I just, my mind is exploding with the complexities. As a a, a dad, uh, I remember the those uh, the halcyon days of the newborns. That was not an uncomplicated uh, experience for my wife to figure out how to to navigate this. And uh, so I, I wonder where the limitations are of the the Pump Act and the the impact on mothers and on uh, on the workplace. Like how long after the child is born do they have to to you know wrangle this particular um, complication? Do they have you know? Until the kid's five, or how long does it last? By law, it's for one year. One year, okay. One year from the birth. That that's this federal law. Massachusetts has a law called Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which is very similar in its function, and that does not have a timetable. Okay. So in theory, it could be beyond one year if the mother were choosing to express milk longer period of time, or if she were dealing with other medical or emotional issues related to a birth like postpartum or things like mm -hmm. that. There is no cap in Massachusetts. There is under the federal law of one year for the expressing milk, but under state law. So that means for an employer who operates in multiple states, they want to make sure they know the state law. Tom just made an interesting point in talking about the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. So we're you know jumping over a little bit here, but um, that's that's a, a broader law that's been around in Massachusetts for, since 2018 and has just become a federal law. Um, becoming uh, effective later this year in June, I believe it is. Is that right, Tom? Um, and that one, you know, really encourages employers to think a little bit more broadly. So it's not just about pumping and having a place to pump, but it's including things like accommodations for women who are pregnant or who have just given birth. And so it might be that the um, employee needs um, more frequent breaks, as we talked about. And those might be restroom breaks associated with pregnancy. Um, it could be the, re the need to sit down more frequently. 
on the job. Um, it could be things like um, not lifting, you know, while it's always been a job requirement that that may need to go away during the period of um, pregnancy or, or just after. Um, and it could even be something like parking and where where the employee parks. So if if a pregnant employee comes to UNHR and says, you know, I'm going to be giving birth, that's your notice as an employer that, okay, here's some things I need to now think about and be aware of and make sure that my employee knows about, you know, uh, you know, having a discussion about any of these accommodations or learning about what our resources are in the office for pumping after the birth, but really starting that, that process as soon as that employee comes to you. Can we talk about how these these two sets of regulation, the overlapping sets of regulation, uh, overlap once again with FMLA? Are there other knots we need to untangle? Well, there's different states have different leaves of absence laws apart from the FMLA. So the FMLA is the federal law. And that would certainly say that among the various things, it would be a serious medical condition. Because, I mean, typically the FMLA breaks down two ways. There's a family leave component, which is generally associated with post-birth or maybe a couple of weeks up to leading to the birth and time off for work. Then there's a medical component, which could be for difficult pregnancy, some of the issues, you know, Kyle may have alluded to a woman struggling over, you know, being able to get to work on time, being able to do different things. So it could potentially trigger rights under the FMLA or under a state leave of absence law. You know, Massachusetts has a family and medical leave law, which is paid, as do a number of other states. And so the potential exists for a woman to seek benefits under that law as well. That would provide some protection, job-protected leave if necessary. Kyle, uh, you mentioned uh, the, the the notice that you get as an HR professional when somebody comes to you and says, I'm, you know, I'm giving birth. That's your notice. Um, what are the areas that might define or let's say the corners around we around which we must peek that could get us in trouble from an HR perspective? Mm. Uh, the situation just came up the other day. It's very interesting, which is a company that just hired a new employee and uh, found out that the employee was five months pregnant when they uh, when they were hired. And so they brought this employee on, obviously knowing that they have this need in their company. And now we're thinking this person's now going to be out in a couple of months. They're going to be out of maternity leave. And so, you know, their first in thought is probably how are we going to get their work done? How is this going to impact our business? But truthfully, that's something that should uh, alert employees to say, okay, we, we can't change anything here. We can't go back and, um, and you know, take back our offer. We can't do anything that's going to be an employment action that will discriminate against this employee um, due to pregnancy or pregnancy-related condition. So that's kind of the the first thing is always to think about, is the decision that I'm making going against this person because they're pregnant or something associated with like, like postpartum or um, another another need? So yeah, that can happen, happen uh, very easily in the workplace if these situations come up. And the new, just to add, build on that a minute, a new, the new pump law has very significant penalties associated with it for failure to comply. They would include, you know, basically what the law says is if, if a woman believes that the company's not complying, they're supposed to give the company 10 days notice. And the 10 days notice is designed to remedy that period. So if an employee, female employee came to the company and said, we don't have a place to express milk, you give the company 10 days to fix that. That's a, considered a reasonable period of time for the company to be on notice and say, okay, we've got to now dedicate a space. And it could be temporary. It's not like you have to create a permanent room. It could be a temporary space 
that as long as you've got lights and security and, and privacy will meet the test. And so, but otherwise, you know, an employee could sue for wages for um, unpaid wages. They could sue for other damages that the company could pay quite a bit for. And not only that, but I think it's a cultural issue. If a company doesn't respond well to an employee seeking a reasonable benefit like this under protected under law, the message to other employees may be devastating. Sure. It's it's interesting to me that this this issue is starting to uh, bubble up in in popular culture. I, I, we were just watching an episode of a television show where an employee took a job uh, and actually gave birth the day she started the job. But the sto- underlying storyline was I was terrified. I need work and I can't I thought I can't tell because they will discriminate against me. Uh and and yet here we are. The Pump Act is is now in place. Now you said it was just signed, uh, you know, before the new year. When does it actually take action? Is it in in place now? Took effect already. Okay. The one thing that isn't in place yet, it comes in April twenty third, I believe it is, are the penalties. Mm-hmm. But the actual law. So if an employee came to you now and said, "I need a place under the Pump Act to be protected for expressing milk," that the company should respond to that immediately and comply with the law. Come January, I mean, come April, end of April, they could be sued and pay significant damages for failure to comply. Kyle, um, you mentioned the the cultural issues, right? You're an HR manager at our favorite fictitious uh, manufacturing organization, and we're growing and everything's great, but we've never had a lactating mother in our our offices. How do you go about uh, teaching, educating the, you know, culturally, that there are some things we need to think of differently when it comes to the people who work with us. Yeah, there's a lot goes into it. And it's interesting that you use our, our uh, fictional uh, manufacturing company because it could be an environment that's used to having many male employees. And so they this situation may not have come up before. Um, other companies, it, it may be very frequent occurrence, so they should really be thinking about it. Um, the best thing to do is, is anything is be proactive. Think about it now before you have an employee in this situation. So saying, you know, looking at your company right now and saying, okay, if an employee came to me today and said that they need a a space to pump, what would we use? Do we have an office? Do we have a conference room? Do we have some area that, you know, can be closed off and really um, identifying that before an employee, before an employee comes. Um, That can be permanent, right? Single use space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and again, it could be, uh, you know, Something like a storage closet, which sounds undesirable, but making it a little bit more desirable, right? So cleaning it mm-hmm. out, making sure there's a chair in there, making sure there's light in there, that there's, you know, that type of thing. So yeah. it might take some. And a lot of Windex, like so much cleaning <laughs> supply. Uh, but as long as there are some pillows, it'll be. Yeah. So, so it might take some creativity <laughs> depending on what your, how your company yeah. is set up. So that's the first thing. Right. Uh, the second thing is making sure you have your notices ready. So, um, with the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, there is a notice that should be given to employees. So that should be in your employee handbook, uh, letting employees know that, that, that the company is aware of uh, this law and um, will not discriminate against employees if they're pregnant. So that notice also needs to be given out to employees when they come to you and tell you that they're pregnant. So again, proactively having that uh, ready. Um, and then the third one would just be to encourage supervisors um, to be creative and think about it. You know, you can think of a situation where somebody at our manufacturing company might be working on machinery and they have to stand all day. So isn't there an opportunity there to have a stool in place or something where where the employee could sit down 
if necessary. So something like that would be considered a reasonable accommodation. Fascinating uh, and fantastic for new and and working mothers to have this opportunity to you know potentially put some of the the stigma around having having a child behind us and being able to continue to earn a living thank you both for uh for sitting down with me and educating uh, me and the rest of us now i've got a list of fantastic links in the show notes uh links to uh, what the pump act is uh about uh, the fmla implications of it and the uh, flsa uh, protections. Uh, so uh, please uh, swipe up in the show notes and take a look at it if you are listening there and you want some links to take to your HR manager and, and help start that conversation. Uh, Tom Jones and Kyle Pardo, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Thanks, Pete. Take care. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and attention. You can find all of the links and notes uh, on the website or in your show notes. Uh, on behalf of Tom Jones and Kyle Pardo, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you next week right here on Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR.